Welcome to another episode of Built on Passion. I'm Drew, and today we're talking to Craig James, CEO of Berry House Coffee. Today we talk about how Berry House is taking 80 years of experience in the coffee industry and building a brand they can be proud of. Hey, Craig, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Drew, pleasure to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about Berry House Coffee. Yeah, so Berry House is a family-owned roaster. We've been in the New York City market or New York City based for 88 years, since 1934. So the company was first started by Max Goldstein, who came to the U.S. and got into the coffee industry, which at its very infancy, and then handed over to his son, Herbert, when Herbert came back from World War II. So he was part of Patton's Third Army in the Europe Theater uh, as a forward observer for uh, for the mortar teams, came back from the war and um, came back to his firstborn son, named Barry. Therefore, he changed the company name to Barry House Coffee. Oh, that's awesome. So this is a a multi-generational, long-running business here. Correct. Yeah, three generations. It's uh, family-owned, three brothers, Barry, Paul, and Ron. And basically, their whole life has been coffee. And so uh, it's it's been quite the journey for them, and and coffee's been very good to them. And so about five years ago, they, they decided to make a change in the organization in order to to help facilitate further growth and brought me on board. So, uh, Well, tell me a little bit about you and your background. Yeah, sure. So I first started at the Culinary Institute of America way back when, graduated in 1992 uh, with a focus in culinary arts. When I graduated, I threw myself into the, the pastry side of the, of the culinary world. I uh, was a pastry chef for about six years in the Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia area, at the end, I was the uh, head pastry chef for a little French patissier called Au Petit Delice, where we did all scratch French pastries. Decided to go back to school, wanted to get a four-year degree on, on top of the two-year degree. And when I first went back, I got picked up by Mobile Oil, of all places. So I got into Mobile Oil. Uh, actually, had a 22-year career with ExxonMobil. Uh, heavy focus all on the downstream side of the business, finished lubricants and finished products. And so... Uh, was I was able to to touch all different aspects, operations, logistics, sales, marketing, controllers, strategy, and and strategic planning, uh, which really was a a great training ground, if you will, for my role here at Berry House. When I did leave ExxonMobil uh, about five years ago, I then joined Berry House as their CEO. That's awesome. So. After twenty two years at Mobile, I imagine you learned a lot. What were some big things that you learned there that kind of carried over to the coffee company? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, which I was able to bring into a family business is, is the structure. You know, to me, structure and processes is the foundation of a business that's really geared toward growth. And so uh, most family businesses, regardless of industry, tend to be very fly by the seat of your pants and focused on uh, on the next day of what we can do versus what can we do a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. So Coming in into this business, we were a very flat organization. One person, the previous CEO, a family member, was making all the decisions for the organization. And when I came in, I developed a leadership team and a mid-level management team, and then also worked with the owners to develop a, a stronger board of directors. And so we put a, a structure in place, invited two additional external board members to join us, one with a finance background and one with a marketing background. But that was the That's biggest awesome. thing I'd say was the structure from uh, from uh, ExxonMobil. The other aspect is really around safety. At, you know, ExxonMobil and the refineries and loop plants, safety is critical. 
if something happens, people don't go home at night. And, and so I brought that safety mindset here into our manufacturing and, and ensured that we had a strong safety protocol, which has flourished and really helped to change the culture of the organization as well. That's awesome. That's that's something that's really interesting, especially for like smaller and family-owned businesses who, you know, maybe no one got an MBA or, you know, worked in big business. Bringing some of those more corporate structures and processes over can really, you know, set you up for the next, you know, 10 years kind of thing. And also is probably why many startups and entrepreneurs, like their businesses don't last more than a couple of years. Well, 88 years, Barry House has been in place. So it's pretty amazing, you know, what the what the brothers did and what their family did before them, you know, is, is, is hats off because they, they did have the fortitude to continue to push forward through, you know, lots of difficult times, I'm sure, throughout the years, great years and bad years. You know, we're, we've seen some of those in the last four or five years ourselves. So, you know, to have that fortitude to, to press forward and to, to continue to grow the business and then to, to have the recognition that, hey, if we're really going to take this somewhere, we need to get some outside assistance to, to take it and move it forward. So, you know, I, I'm extremely complimentary of the family and the, the decisions they've made and the times that they made in regards to take this company and, and really move it forward. It's, it's really all about Barry House for them versus uh, any individual family member. That's great. Well, I want to circle back to your career and kind of some of that more business structure stuff. But for now, let's talk about what makes Berry House different from like other coffee producers. Yeah, the uh, it's a great question because there's quite a quite a lot of coffee companies in the industry, and that was the one thing that was a you know a lightning moment for me when I first joined in the oil industry, particularly at the ExxonMobil level. You've got a handful of of majors and who are true competitors to us, plus some national owned oil companies and whatnot, but. For coffee, it's extremely fragmented. Barriers to entry are extremely low. My competition can be a small local coffee shop that does some roasting of their own coffee and then tries to sell it at the same point in time. The large majors like Folgers and Carrig, Green Mountain, those folks as well. So very dynamic, fragmented industry. What differentiates us is really around the quality levels of the coffee and the taste profile. So the family from the very start they were all about quality. They were all about having that that perfect cup experience for the consumer. And it's all about the taste profile. They love to taste and drink really good coffees. And so that foundation was already in place. What I've done is just expand upon it. One thing that a lot of folks don't know is, similar to wine, terroir plays a huge impact into the taste profile of coffee. So if you get a coffee from Mexico uh, in the Chiapas region versus a coffee from Peru, versus a coffee from, say, Indonesia, the Sumatran coffees, huge differences in the flavor profile. One of the things that I'm really uh, engaged in and, and excited about is, as we try to elevate coffee in the industry, is really around driving that, that fact home of the impact of terroir and how coffee can be a very enjoyable experience. If you think about wines, where wines were 20 years ago, you went into a restaurant, you got a carafe of red or you got a carafe of white. And there really weren't any, any choices from that. And now you go in and you get the encyclopedia. And that encyclopedia, you know, it's what side of the, of the valley was it growing on? What was the, the farm that it came from, et cetera, et cetera. So coffee, I, I think, has a lot of the same attributes up until the, the processing standpoint of once it's harvested. But the impact from the terroir is, is actually extremely uh, beneficial to the coffee and can create that overall experience. 
So we're, we're working with a lot of different partners to really highlight the different varietals and the taste of the varietals and, and origins of where they come from in order to really drive that, that understanding and comprehension around a great cup of coffee. That definitely does make a big difference. I mean, I, I've done a bit of traveling and, you know, the coffee that you get in Costa Rica is very different than the coffee that you're getting in Argentina. Yes. And so, but like with that, how do you guys develop your products since it's, it's so much based on where the beans are coming from? Yeah, so we source our, our, our green coffees from all around the world. And then what we'll do is we'll work. We've got a research and development team led by our director of coffee. And it's really just all about coming up with that nice experience. And so we'll work with different origins, blend them together to understand what taste profile we're looking for. And so we've narrowed into a, a, an offering on the Berry House products, uh, which we launched in the middle of the pandemic. So Primarily, we were a private label company in the past, and we're switching that. We're still focused on private label, but we're putting a lot of effort onto the branded side as well. And so our branded offering, it gets you a nice coverage of all the different types of coffees out there in a succinct manner that will pair well with different foods and pastries and that type of thing. That's great. Does like having the white label aspect of your business uh, almost like give you guys an edge in knowing like what's popular and what's selling right now? Yeah, to a certain degree. Uh, some of our customers, we've had partnerships in place with them, uh, relationships in place for more than 25 years. So we've got a good connection. There's, there's quite a bit of good information sharing what the hot flavors are, what the seasonal flavors are going to be for the year, and just kind of where the where the crops are at, whether it's an agricultural product. So, you know, one year you can have a really great Peruvian coffee. The next year it may just be subpar just because of the amount of rain that it got or, or you know, how it was harvested and whatnot. So big impact from that. And, and we'll share those on with our customers to, to let them know The I think where the beauty of the private label and the white label come in for us is really around the fact that it, it allows us, covers the overheads of the business and, and really keeps uh efficient from an operational standpoint so that we can dabble and, and really move the Berry House brand forward and and try different things and and utilize that that expertise into our own branded products. Yeah, I know there's there there have been rumors and it may or may not be true about like for example Starbucks, you know, burning their coffee so that there's a consistent taste worldwide and stuff like that. How do you guys deal with some of those inconsistencies? around, you know, it is a crop-driven product. When you are selling on such a mass scale, like I saw that you guys are entering into Costco and stuff like that, yeah. how do you manage some of those changes, you know, year to year? Yeah, well, we cup every every bit of coffee that comes in. So before we even accept any coffee, we, we're bringing the team together and we'll cup samples from it. So we'll roast it to a very light to medium level so that we can identify if there's any inconsistencies, so that we can identify if there's any defects within the, within the coffee. And so everything is really hand-touched from an approval standpoint at the green coffee stage before we even get it into our processing. And just working with the partners that we have, these, these large global trader, trading partners and some of the smaller trading partners really help identify and get good coffees for us. So the quality on one side of the valley, going back to my wine example, one side may have a rough year, the, the other side may be really good that year. And so we'll try different regions of a country to get the the best coffees that we can. That's great. And so where are you guys selling right now? Yeah, so we are, um, from a, a private label standpoint, we're all up and down the East Coast. We have some strong customers down in the Southeast, some strong customers up in the Northeast. From a branded standpoint, we're focusing concentration on the New York City market, but we are across the country. Uh, we're well over um, 30 states at this point in time where we have our coffees. 
we are focused on a lot of the, the natural and health food stores, so a lot of individual retailers. But in the local market, we're in some of the, the larger accounts, the Gristides, D'Agostino's, those type of, of places, Costco, which we just got into, which we're really excited about. We're running a pilot there just to, you know, they wanted to test us out since we're, uh, even though we've been in the industry for 88 years, we're somewhat unknown given that we've focused on everybody else's brands but ours. So uh, we're getting ourselves out there. And then we have quite a bit on Amazon uh, FBA, Amazon Prime, and then also Sam's Club and our own BarryHouse.com. How do you guys manage having that many sales channels for your branded products? Yeah. So part of when I, again, when I came in, the, the structure around sales was heavily focused on the private label side of the, of the business. And so it was really more not necessarily geared toward a branded sale. So we brought folks in who have the expertise, who can understand the value that brand brings and how to sell more than just the coffee. You know, it's our amazing customer care team that that's a huge part of, of our company and our offering. It's our logistics. It's our supply chain reliability. All of those things come together to give a, a wonderful offer to the customer itself. So it's not just one, one aspect of it, uh, but many aspects that we can take and, and deliver through. That's awesome. So with um, you coming in a few years ago, what would you say has kind of been like some, some struggles that you guys have gone through in kind of making this transition to more of a, a branded product? Yeah, great. Again, great question. You know, huge change from a corporate environment into a family environment. And, and likewise, huge change for the family to, to have an outsider come into their organization and tell them what to, you know, how I feel the business should be run and what we should be focusing on. So big change across the board for everyone. And change is difficult, as most people don't like change. They like to, to live in a well-known environment that, that's comfortable for them. So the biggest thing for uh, for me coming in from a challenge standpoint was one to initiate the change, but then two to you know develop the strategy and the vision of where to take the company in an industry that I really didn't have much knowledge on. You know, I very strong knowledge on on the oil industry, also strong knowledge in the food service. But bringing it all together, I was able to put together a strategy, very transparent and open communications with the owners, and and likewise them back to me, and and they've given me good. Good rain in regards to really where to take this business and, and give me opportunities of where I where I could take it and move and really put the strategy in place that we develop. But a lot of it comes from strong communications and, and full transparency. All right. As you've been working with the team here, and it seems like you've been kind of growing the team as it pertains to a, a branded product, what advice would you give to a company that's like working on building out a team? Yeah, I think the, the most important thing, particularly from a leadership standpoint, is leading with empathy. What I like to to my style is really more around sage leadership, and that's looking at the opportunities positively. That's looking at the the challenges more positively. To where challenges come up every single day in manufacturing, challenges come up in business every single day. It's how you approach those problems and challenges, and your response to them, particularly your response in front of the entire organization dictates the, the the tone of the organization and where the organization is going to flow and, and how they work with it. So, you know, one of the most prideful uh, moments that I've been here at Berry House is when there is a challenge and just seeing the response that the team members have to it, where it's a very different response from what they would have had about four or five years ago. And so seeing that cultural change is, is incredible. But to me, it all starts with empathy. You know, it, it's the world may be falling apart one day, but is it really? And, uh, and how you look at that and the perspective you take and how you respond to it is extremely important. 
Yeah, absolutely. Taking that step back is is really important, especially in like in small business and in family owned businesses. You know, sometimes things are a lot more emotional, and you know, might be a lot of yelling. Although in in some of like the corporate environments I've worked in, there was a lot of yelling too. Yes, but uh, it everyone always does respond a lot better when it's like we're at, we're working as a team to make this to make this better. So that's a really good insight. You're absolutely right. It's all about rowing in the same direction. When there is a situation, if, if we have a situation in operations, it's not like, oh, well, ops is failing us. It's more like, okay, we have a hole in our boat. We collectively own the boat. If there's water coming in and the operations side of it, what do all of us do in order to help fix that so that we continue our path forward? So it's it's really accountability and ownership across the whole organization versus just what what my subset is or or my department. So so where do you see the business heading in the next you know five to ten years? Yeah, we're really excited uh, with what we're doing right now, and, and the future looks extremely bright. So the last couple of years have been a challenge as well with the pandemic. Uh, the food service industry got hit extremely hard. Coffee industry got hit hard. And we were seeing more of a slow recovery throughout last year and, and the, at the start of this year. But now things are really moving along nicely. And uh, we're really optimistic about the, the future of where coffee is heading. Strong growth in, the, in this sector, in this industry. And really, what I would say, we're well poised for it. So the foundation and the structure that we've put in place in the last few years is is really, we're ready to catapult and, and really move forward. So uh, I'm big on 10x growth. And uh, so that's been our focus, but it's really about developing everyone. When you go to take that leap and that 10x leap, it's really, you need to make sure all the members are with you and are along for that journey with you as well. So nobody gets left behind. And we put a lot of time and energy into training the folks so that they can make that leap with us. But yeah, I, I'm very optimistic. The industry is growing at a very strong rate. The industry is looking at about 6% growth rate over the course of the next couple of years. Like I said, we're well poised and just super excited to have the Berry House brand uh, out there leading the charge on, on great quality coffees. That's great. Well, before we uh, wrap this up, I want to give you a chance to kind of plug Berry House and uh, tell everyone how to find you and where you're at. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate it. So, you know, like I said from the start, it's it's all about the the cup. Everything we do every single day, every single cup that's served with our product, it has to be the best. There's too many choices out there that just, if you mess up once, you'll never see that customer again. And so we put a lot of pride and energy and focus into making sure that every sip is the, is the best sip that it can be. In regards to where to find us, Berryhouse.com is uh, is an easy one to, to get us at. We ship all over the country. Uh, also, we're on our website. We have a locator page of where you can find all of our product in different retailers and and restaurants and uh, all sorts of establishments. So, just really excited. We're we're also heavily focused on fair trade and uh, fair trade organic products. So the majority of our product line is fair trade organic, and we do quite a bit on the fair trade side. So. It's a good way for folks to feel good about what they're purchasing and what they're drinking to have that experience, but then to also feel good about giving back to the industry itself. That's great. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks, Craig. It was great talking to you today. It's a great pleasure, Drew. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Built on Passion podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are still listening right now, you need to leave a review. Like seriously, if you are committed enough to listen to the outro, then you must be a fan and we would love to hear your thoughts. Be sure to share this episode with a friend who's thinking about starting a passion project business. And as always, tune in next week for another episode.